Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Chris Pinkley. Now Chris is an expert in accelerating your level of productivity. He coaches CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners to create rock-solid boundaries, laser-focused thinking, and amplified self-awareness to become global leaders. You already know that. I love that. Uh, Chris is the author of 20 books, 20 books, producer of three podcasts, and two successful businesses. He has been featured on over 100 talk shows, had his articles published in over 20 magazines, and gotten to work with dozens of individuals in a one-on-one or team setting. He's an agent of change, bringing an entirely new operating system to the business culture. So please join me in welcoming Chris Binkley to the show. Welcome, Chris. Teo, thank you so much for having me on your show, my friend. Absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. Hey, look, the buzzer's mine. I mean, you've gotten, what, 20 books? 20 books, over 20 books, sorry, and over 100 talk shows. How did you even get to that point? No, 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 no. Really, really. The pleasure is mine. I hear that you can do a thousand push-ups in 60 seconds. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I read that about you in the Oprah magazine, and I've just been wanting to meet you ever since. Hey, hopefully one day that's true, because, you know, Oprah is one of my biggest role models. But a thousand push-ups in 60 seconds, I don't know. I don't know yet, but one day. I could do it in a day, <laughs> but, not, but not quite in 60 seconds. But no, but seriously. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a turning point for me was – 2008, um, up until, in my life, I had started a lot of projects, but I had, um, I had not, I was one of those people that would, I would talk about it and I would start it, but I would never complete it. And there was a, there was a real problem for me. I just, I noticed this tendency to sort of sabotage the things that I would start. And I made this decision that sort of changed my life forever. And the decision was that from now on, I'm not going to talk about it. If I say, if I say that I'm going to do something, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to complete it. But if I don't 
if I don't if I don't have any intention of completing it, I'm not going to even start it. And it changed this this sort of you know cellular cellular level decision. It changed my life forever. And from there, I just became this productivity machine. I cranked out all these books, and I did these podcasts, and wrote hundreds of articles. It was it was it was a massive change for me. And it had to do with you know making one of those life decisions, not just some decision that you make, and not a, definitely not a New Year's resolution. I know you know what I'm talking about. Right. New Year's resolutions are are you know about the most broken promise that that a, that you know we as a human species make. Right. This was a cellular level decision that I made. It changed everything. And uh, you know it, it. I became just uh, it just changed me as a person. I mean, I mean that, that that's fascinating to me because. A lot of people that listen to the show and me, you know, as someone that, that you know, works two jobs and, and does a lot, a lot of speaking and is, is building a consultant practice. I, I was, you know, I'm always interested in ways to be productive because I was telling my friend the other day that, you know, there are a lot of things happening. I'm trying to figure out a way to streamline all this to be the most productive I can be or even more efficient because it seems like a lot is coming at it. I don't know if I'm actually fully taking advantage of the best way to do that. So. I'm just curious, what what would be like, a, you know, the best way to to operate from stillness, as you say, to gain access to um, um, all these opportunities? Well, it's interesting. You know, I'm I'm uh, just on Wednesday. I was at Yahoo. One of them, when I said my specialty is productivity through stillness, you know, she was just so surprised. I mean, everybody's usually surprised when I say that. But the shocking, you know, it's, it runs contrary to what we believe about productivity. Most people, we're, we're sort of trained. We're not even trained. We're, we're in-trained, right, by the mass mind, the mass mind impinging on our consciousness to believe that what we need to do is run around and, you know, get our, crank ourselves up into this neurotic spin. And, you know, and, and really only two things happen, right? You get stress and then eventually you accumulate enough stress it becomes anxiety. And that's what happens to a lot of people. And what the people who I study are people who really have uh, expanded consciousness, and as a result, they have a quiet mind. And you can overlay chaos. You know, if you think about the stars in the heavens, you know, the stars in the, in the, in the, in the galaxy and universe, when you look up, there's a zillion stars, and it looks chaotic. But when you overlay the space, you know, you overlay that the space, you, you see that there's there, there's infinite space. And as a result, you get a, a there's perfect coherency. And that's the way the consciousness of these individuals work. Um, as a result, a couple of things happen. They, the first thing is, is they don't take unnecessary action steps. They don't take frivolous action steps. The second thing is that once you still, if, you're, if you quiet the mind, which inherently means to still the linear mind, which is when Zen they refer to it as the monkey mind, right? Thought to thought to thought. When you still that guy, um, that part of your, 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 you know, your brain or your, your mind, however you want to say it, what happens is the nonlinear mind can awaken, and that is the home of all creativity and all innovation. And the people who are able to tap into that on a regular basis, well, they're, they've all made history, right? So, yeah. so and that's a, that, those are the people that I really study. And some of them, they're, they're, are just amazing. Uh, Fred Grafton is a personal friend of mine. He, he was the founder of Telegroup that was you know, 25, 30 years ago, it was worth $600 million. You know, that's, that's like $60 billion today, just, you know, for, for a reference point. Um, and he, he wrote a book called The Lazy Way to Success, and he basically meditates three hours a day every day. He's, he's one example of many, but the, the thing is, 
is when you when you really access the nonlinear mind, those deeper levels of thought, one thought has has the has an exponential power, a ten x factor to it. That when you utilize that thought, when you when you execute on that thought, is ten x times more likely to produce something effective that will potentially change your life and the lives of even millions of people around you. Absolutely. And, and I want to stay on this because you've, you've talked to a lot of people. You've interviewed a lot of people. I mean, you come across a lot of people. Can we go through the top five lessons of the most productive people on earth, on the planet, really? Because you mentioned a few of those. But I imagine, you know, you've you've picked up on a few lessons. And you yourself, you've obviously, you're one of the most productive people on the planet. So I imagine you have some of the lessons to share. I kind of want to do a step-by-step uh, approach to all those lessons. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for asking. Thank you for saying. I, I like to think of myself productive. I don't know that I've made history yet, but eventually one day, if I keep going, my theory is that I will. I, I think you will. I mean, you know, you're already on it with the thousand push-ups in a minute. In a minute, so, so you get there. So that, that's 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 the DVD. That's that's the Tayo DVD. I watch. I watch you do it. And I, I'm working up to it. So, so top five. Let's see the the top five lessons of the most productive people on the planet. And this is, this is my, quanti- you know, this is I've quantified this myself. Other people may or may not agree with me, but my studies indicate this, and I have a tendency to believe that I'm right about this because I've spent thousands of hours on it. Um, lesson number one, uh, the top five lessons. Most lesson number one: imagination is more important than reality. The the most productive people on the planet have this very peculiar way of looking at the world. And that is they have begun to believe the vision in their mind as more real, take it and treat it as more real than the physical reality that they're surrounded by. Now, if you think about it, you think about somebody that that does that. You know, we're not talking about like a paranoid schizophrenic, right? Fisher King with Robin Williams or something like that. You know, if you think about somebody who does that, what what does that do to them? What, 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 you know, it makes them all powerful. They become limitless. You think about, you know, I come from socio, you know, challenged, socioeconomically challenged background. Some people call that the ghetto. (laughs) You know, that's kind of how I grew up. And, you know, if you're 16 and you walk outside and you want a job, and let's just say that you're a linear thinker, which means you don't believe in imagination. You believe in the hardcore reality that you see around you, which most people do, right? You're going to, and you see, you see two options. You see your buddy on the, on the corner, he's slanging and crack, and you see the Taco Bell across the street. Well, you, you've got two choices because you're a linear thinker. Hopefully you choose, you know, to go across the street and, you know, get a job at Taco Bell. Not that that's a great choice, but, and nothing wrong with Taco Bell. But, you know, for those of us, for every single person listening to this show, that's not your aspiration, right? So, so we, we're just, a, it's just a quantification, right? A qualification. So, and then from there, you say your uncle Fester stops by, you know, a year later and he says, you know, hey, there's an opening for a manager at Costco. So you go over there, you get the job. It's, it's, it's this line needs to this line needs to this line. Now, if you're 16 and you step outside and you, you, you know, you want a job and you're a nonlinear thinker, you're not looking for a job. You have a vision. You have this vision in your mind and you take the bus and you know you go you you head to the university or you go to a better neighborhood or you go somewhere where you're inspired or you go somewhere where somebody's doing what you're doing or you know you don't stop you don't see the the Taco Bell and the, and your and your friend dealing crack that doesn't even exist to you you know unless you're you know unless you think well I can make enough crack to you know I can make enough money selling the crack to 
you know, to, to start my business. You know, that, that there, there, there's a certain validity, whether people like it or not, or they want to hear it, hear it or not, to somebody who comes from that neighborhood to do that, knowing that that's not their goal, but to use that to, to build their business, right? You know, and, and I personally know people who, <laughs> just coming from the background, do, who've done that. Now, that's what Curtis Jackson did. Yeah, 50 you know, cent. 50 he, cent. Yeah. When he stepped out, when he stepped outside, he didn't walk across the street to the Taco Bell, you know, and he didn't, you know, and, and being a rapper is, was just a, that was just, just a little piece of it for him. You know, he made maybe 20, 50 million on that, but he's worth 400 million. And why is that? Because he had a vision and he's still following that same vision, right? It makes you all powerful. And that's lesson number one. Imagination is more important than reality. Lesson number one. Um, should I continue? Oh, please do. I mean, I'm already loving this. I'm, I'm taking notes. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honored, my friend. I'm honored that a man such as yourself would take notes. Okay. Lesson number two, most productive people on the planet, focus on one thing. Focus on one thing. Here's something very interesting uh, about uh, uh, of the power of focus in the North East United States, there, uh, you know, Maine, Delaware, uh, New Hampshire, those states, pumpkin farming is a big thing, right? Pumpkin farming. And many, many decades ago, the farmers started to have these contests where they would grow the pumpkins to see who could have the biggest, big publicity stunt. People come buy pumpkins, they buy pumpkin pie. And so they'd have these contests between counties, between farmers, who could grow the biggest pumpkin. And what the farmers found was something very, very peculiar many, many decades ago. That is, if you let the pumpkins grow for a few weeks, the, eventually one pumpkin will maybe outgrow the rest. It'll be slightly robust compared to the rest, right? So you cut the other four or five pumpkins off, and something very, very peculiar happens. This bizarre, unexplainable multiplier effect, a powerful multiplier effect. You don't just get a pumpkin that is you know, four or five times as big. You get a pumpkin that's four, five, six, seven hundred pounds. You get this huge, massive Pumpkin, it's as big as a car. Why is that? Well, nobody can really fully explain it except for it to call it a multiplier effect. It's bizarre, powerful. It's the power of focus. It demonstrates more aptly than just about anything that you could think of on a, uh, as far as a metaphor is concerned, the power of focus, right? So how does that translate to us? Oh, man, think about it. If, if that's true, and it is because it's a law of nature, the power of focus, that means that if you focus all your attention and consciousness into one thing, you instantaneously get a 10x, maybe even a 100x effect. Whereas if you are focused on five or six things at once, then you get a diminished, exponentially diminished effect on those five or six projects at once. And that's why all the most productive people on the planet are known for one thing. They're known for one thing. Now, many of them went on to do other things because they constantly challenge themselves. They want to expand their, expand their consciousness and they're creators by heart. You know, they didn't do it just to achieve a result. They do it because they love the act of creation, right? But... They all became known for the one thing because that's the power of focus. That translates in your life by focusing on one thing at a time, one project at a time. Sure, in, in the Western world, we're all multitaskers, you know, and many of us have focused on one thing. And that multiplier effect will take, it'll take hold eventually, right? It's one of those things that doesn't happen overnight, but when it does happen, man, boom, you get a 10x or 100x effect. That, that is inevitable when you po focus all your consciousness on that one thing. Lesson number three, most productive people on the planet. Uh, self-discipline, the big one. And this is, you know, uh, my feeling about you, Teo, is that, that you're very self-disciplined. 
I try to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it just rolls off the tongue. But for the most productive people on the planet, we're talking about a level of self-discipline that defies rational explanation. They all have two things based on the self-discipline that most people do not have. They have one, they have the morning routine that they do. Um, and often, it, you know, it has things like uh, gratitude or meditation, visualization with a little exercise, and you know, just a few different things that they do to, to tune, get themselves in this kind of creates this productivity engine that elevates their level of productivity and carries it throughout the day. The other thing they have is they have this is this daily regimen that is, you know, usually just out of control. The one I like to give example of is, is Martha Stewart. Um, she has a, a, a daily regimen that's kind of ridiculous. She gets up at 5 a.m. She, she waters, you know, she's got two acres of organic gardens that she waters and plants. And then she does walks her three golden retrievers at 6 a.m. And then 7 a.m. She works out an hour with a personal trainer at 8 a.m. She's picking vegetables and making smoothies and, you know, taking care of herself on a nutritional level. And, and 9 a.m. She's in the back of her Escalade getting driven to the city. I don't, I don't know what kind of car she has now. This is maybe dated information. But, you know, she's she's on her laptop, you know, at 10 a.m. I think she's taking calls at the office at 11 to 12. They're prepping for the show. 12 to 1, they do the show. One or two, they're wrapping up. They're planning for the next day's show. And on and on it goes. It's it's kind of insane. She's a productivity beast. Um, and she does that every single day, every single day. And and some people, you know, the, I can practically hear some people thinking, well, God, I, you know, I, I don't want it to be my whole life. But if you want to be known historically for impacting the world for someday, then you need to get used to that because that's what it takes. You know, uh, that's the bottom line is it takes, you know, you don't necessarily have to do it like Martha does. But it takes the dedication, that type of dedication. And even if that means three or four hours of meditation every day, uh, instead of all that, you know, whatever it takes, uh, that's the answer is whatever it takes, right? And that's, that's, that's lesson number three. And what I tell people to do is start by just creating a morning routine, 10, 15 minutes where I do a little meditation, a little breath work, visualization, a little, you know, what I call a metabolic, metabolic burner. We just do some push-ups. Some sit-ups, some jacks, you know, get yourself just kind of, you know, mind, body, spirit just fired up. You know, integrate mind, body, spirit in a productivity engine. Lesson number four, most productive people on the planet, boundary creation. Boundary creation. All the most productive people on the planet have rock-solid, ironclad boundaries, you know, from hell. I mean, their boundaries are (laughs) (laughs) from hell, man, from hell. I mean, I say that because I think of the example I like to use is Madonna. Right. Madonna, she's quoted. She has some sort of quote that's that it's been thrown around a little bit. Um, and, and I don't even know what the original quote is anymore because I've seen it quoted in so many different ways. But it's something along the lines of, you know, if 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 I have to be. What does she say? It's like if that if it makes me a bitch to be successful, then I'm OK with it. Or it's something like that. And I'm misquoting her, uh, you know, crazy. And some there, there's always somebody that says, well, it's actually this or it's this or whatever. Nobody really actually knows. But. The thing about it is that the reason what she really means by that is that since the age of five or six, and especially, you know, this is before I was born, for women back then especially, you know, to to really consciously create your own reality, be an independent, you know, reality creator, took everything you had and the biggest up were your boundaries because there's so many people telling you what you can and can't do, what you should and shouldn't do, what you are able to, what you're capable of. Other people telling you what you're capable of. I mean, are you kidding me? Right? And that's what she had to do with, you know, 
people in her immediate circle and other people. And then, you know, after she formed the boundaries and she started to become successful, then she, then it's now it's everybody wants a piece of her. I want to hang out with you. Remember where we used to be friends and da da da. And even though I said you couldn't do it, you know, now that you're successful, I want to be, I want to be your buddy. Right. Exactly. And so yeah. you get these people that you see have to have boundaries, like these crazy boundaries. That's why she has the same crew of people with her, you know, like her and, and, and Quentin Tarantino. They've got that tight crew of people around them. They were there with them from the beginning. Those are people that supported their vision, their highest vision of themselves and never wavered and were there with them every step of the way. Right. So that's that's something that, you know, we all have to do. If you want to make a global impact, you want to be a leader. You have to have rock solid ironclad boundaries or you will never make it. And it may sound harsh, but let me tell you, Mike, that's the way I coach and that's the way it is, is, you know, people want, you know, I, I coach some CEOs and, and they have trouble, you know, creating these boundaries with people, their team, and they want people, they want to be friends with them. And you can't be friends with your team. You can be, but not in that way. You can't be buddy, buddy, and your company will not become a Fortune 500 company that way, right? It doesn't mean that you don't empathize. It doesn't mean that you, that you aren't friendly with people, that you don't care but you have to have solid boundaries if you want a business to succeed or if you want to become known, known in history or if you, you just want to be successful. <laughs> you know, you've got to have those boundaries in place, right? Uh, what I tell people to do is to start gently forming boundaries with their friends, family. Um, you know, here's something interesting about, about your kids. You know, a lot of people now, they, they, they take their work home with them, right? You know, you're doing work emails and you've got kids and Right. And the, the thing is, and this is such a delicate subject because your time with your kids is like time. It's like that's like gold, right? That's like gold. And but people are, are doing work emails and hanging out with their kids. Right. And that's that's some half ass jackass low level consciousness time. Right. So here's what you do, because 15 minutes of present moment awareness, spending one on one with your kids beats an hour of half-ass time. So if you've got only an hour left and you're still trying to do work emails, you know what? Do 20 minutes of work emails and then spend the other 40 minutes, put the phone down, put all the social media and all the garbage down and spend that 40 minutes with your kids. And Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The work emails will be better. And the time with your kids will be better because kids sense it. They sense it. They know when you're not present. You, no matter what you think, you know, and I don't mean you, I mean, just, you know, the audience members, right. no, I don't care what you think. Kids sense it. They sense stuff, you know, and they, and that becomes emotionally imprinted on them. And then they, you know, now they have to deal with that garbage later in life. Anyway, so that's lesson number four. Last one, lesson number five, most productive people on the planet. This is all the extrapolation from my book, State of Mind 2.0, 11 lessons of the most productive people on the planet, by the way. Uh, available on Amazon. Lesson number five, operating from stillness. Operating from stillness. 
And all of the most productive people on the planet, they have still quiet minds. They have still quiet minds. And what that enables them to do is it enables them to tap into the nonlinear, the nonlinear domain of your thinking, of your mind. And if you think about it, you think that it, you, if you really realize the importance and the power of that, right? It, it, every single thing, the, the, head, the headset I'm speaking into, the computer I'm looking at, um, the internet, the, the, you know, uh, the, the chair I'm sitting in, the car in the garage, all, all that comes from the nonlinear mind. All innovation comes from the nonlinear mind. So on a scale of one to 10, you know, how important is the uh, activating your nonlinear mind or being able to tap into nonlinear mind for the progress for humanity's progress? It's a thousand. It's a thousand. Right. So these all these people, because they have quiet minds, it enables them to tap into the nonlinear mind. And that's where they get these ideas that change history. You know, e Elon Musk was quoted as saying, I, I look into the future of the world and I see what will be needed and I build a business to meet that need. And so far, his track record, pretty damn good, right? So, Can't so, complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, slightly. Yeah, and, and he's, a, he's a classic example of a nonlinear thinker. I mean, he's a total nonlinear thinker, right? Richard Branson is also a nonlinear thinker. Oprah Winfrey is a nonlinear thinker. Um, you know, a, a lot of these people, I, I mean, well, all the most productive people on the planet, all artists are nonlinear thinkers, right? You can't. Art does cannot come from the linear mind. It doesn't come from the A plus B equals C mind. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing of great value. I mean, it's a the linear mind helps you to get stuff done, and it does have its place. It's not the enemy, but if you want the billion dollar idea, that can only come from your nonlinear mind. If you want to innovate something and change the world, it can only come from your nonlinear mind. And what all the most productive people on the planet now do, they didn't all in the beginning. They all had different ways of activating it. But now everybody's acquiescing and adhering to the fact that meditation is the single best. Daily meditation is the single best tool to get your consciousness in a state where you can access a nonlinear mind on a regular basis. And that's why it's the foundational pillar. It's one of the foundational pillars of my new operating system for business culture based on my, uh, my book, State of Mind 2.0. And it, it, Ladies and gentlemen listening, this is the reason why I was so excited to have Chris on the show and just – as a reminder, his book is called State of Mind 2.0, 11 Lessons of the Most Productive People on the Planet. And I'll be definitely sharing that on the show notes. But what you're hearing Chris say is, is basically, um, you know, these are principles that anyone can actually apply to themselves. And if you want to make an impact, not just, you know, in your community, but in a global way, you know, this is how you have to think, you know, be, being able to stand out, being able to do the things that not many people are being able to do and Basically, being an individual who can achieve any goal, command the utmost respect as a, as a leader, and have that ability to create a global impact. So, uh, Chris, thank you for sharing that. I, I know, um, you know you spent a lot of time doing that, and you've done a lot of research to, to back up a lot of what you've said. Uh, and they've essentially become your personal case studies as, you, as you've gone around coaching CEOs and, and uh, other global um, shape, uh, shapeshifters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And And... I, I, I love I love doing it. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> I, I, I believe that. I believe that. A, qu a question I wanted to ask you. Um, we got a, you know maybe like five to seven more minutes. But a question I wanted to ask you is is, is about your passion. A lot I, I come across a lot of people, and and they say, you know, I have this restless energy in me. I'm not happy with what I'm doing, but I don't quite know how to identify what it is that I'm passionate about. Um, what do you say to those people? 
Oh man, you know, you that's you could say that that is one of the longest oldest questions of of humanity. And the answers vary. They vary depending upon the individual. Some people have gotten really really lucky in life and they'll do like deep meditation courses and they will be inspired to their to the what you may what you may call their true path or their true calling. Um, for most people, I feel that that's a trap. Um, the the what I see happening is I see a lot of people thinking because they read a lot of these spiritual books. I, I read a lot of spiritual books too. I mean, spirituality is that's my core path, right? So right. So um, you know, um, but I see a lot of people reading a lot of these spiritual books that 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 that, that tell you that you have this one true calling. And they put their life on hold for decades for that to, to try to manifest or, or, you know, live that true calling. And here's my advice to most people who ask me about that is pick something that you love to do and get started today, right now. Get started today. Pick something that you enjoy or you love to do and get started and never look back. And... The reason is because I just see so many people wasting so much time trying to find the one thing. And what, 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 what can happen is you can start on something and it can sort of lead you down a path. But the universe loves motion, energy in motion, kinetic energy. It doesn't love stagnation. If you stagnate, if you sit around and sort of meditate on it and wait for it, here's the exception. If you... Now, this is not something I'm, I'm openly advising to a lot of people, but it's becoming more widespread and more well-accepted re, re, uh, uh, accepted, and, and, re, and people are getting more receptive to it. And I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it take off uh, a big time in Europe and now here in the United States is a lot of people are doing the kind of vision quest thing where they do some ayahuasca or they do right. some mushrooms or they yeah. do some DMT. And when somebody has a genuine breakthrough, when they do that, it's always powerful and you can sort of fast track and see people coming out of that and just like completely shifting gears and switching directions and becoming very successful in a very short amount of time. Um, do I see every single person do that? No, but even the people who don't necessarily become successful or not who do it, they slowly but surely, you know, start, start becoming more successful than they were for sure. That's for darn sure, you know? Um, and so that is kind of, one of those things that, that uh, you know, I don't recommend it for everybody at all because it, it, there is a risk to it. And the risk is that your psyche can't ha handle it and you can get jack yourself up. <laughs> um, I did, I did, a, I did, a, I tried a mushroom trip and I almost kind of lost my cookies on that because, you know, I, I almost lost, you know, I'm trying not to drop any, any swear words on your show. But, um, you know, I, 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 I am, you know, I kind of got messed up a little bit and it took me a minute to come out of that. And, um, you know, so now I'm looking, I'm thinking about doing the DMT, which is, that's just a 15 minute, but it's just like kind of blasts you into the astral realm. Um, in, in Amsterdam, they call it the businessman's high. A lot of successful entrepreneurs and CEOs in Europe will stop through Amsterdam on their way to Spain or France or wherever they're going. And they'll do a quick DMT trip because it keeps them in this, this this uh, this creative state where they make just constant innovations and breakthroughs in their business, um, and it just lasts fifteen minutes, but it just completely resets and recalibrates your neural network, 
and, and expand your consciousness and put you in a state where you can receive answers from your nonlinear mind, your own higher levels of intelligence about your business that will make um, breakthroughs that yield millions of dollars in profit. And that happens every day, you know? So, um, but for the most part, I say, you know, figure out what you, you know, figure out something that you love to do right now. Um, you know, and, you know, and just get started. Don't, don't try to get, be an expert at it, get started on it, you know, see if you like it, you'll get better at it. You know, you can't learn the game by watching it on TV anyway. You know what I mean? As people think they're going to get something exactly right. That's it. You know, that's the three P's right there. Perfectionism leads to procrastination. Procrastination leads to paralysis. Now you're paralyzed. Get your ass started. You know, you'll get it right down the road. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I'm glad that you're, you're saying it um, uh, in that way. But it's about getting started. It's about, you know, picking something that you like and focusing on that and seeing if it's something that you like. And then you're inevitably going to learn, you know, your own style, develop that within that uh, passion that you're building. So it's, it's just trying things you love, um, not waiting, like you said, and um, seeing how you develop as you grow. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, don't, don't, don't wait to try to figure it out. I think that's, I think that's a pitfall right there that, that, that most people get that, that I see they get caught in this pitfall of trying to, you know, I even did that for a few years. I, and, and, and honestly, I don't feel like I learned anything. Or I just feel like that was time wasted. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I was just, I wasted like six, seven years. Like, like you know, I want it to come to me. I'm going to, you know, I just feel like there's something special for me. Yeah. No, no, not, not really. Just, just sitting on the couch meditating and letting your life, watching everybody else get make millions of dollars. So. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, one thing I wanted to touch on before we go, because this is a very cross-cultural and global global show, before we, we wrap up, and you have a great sense of humor, by the way, um, is you, you grew up uh, in an interesting way. You, 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 know, you, you, you had a multicultural background. You're white. Your brother's black. You said you grew up as a street kid. Can you sort of talk about how – you came out of that and what that experience was like for you growing up. In that yeah. Time. Yeah. This, this is chapter six in my, in my biography. It's called, I push rhymes like weight. Have you read that yet? No, I'm just <laughs> I have not read so. that yet. <laughs> rhymes like white. So no, no, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, my parents, it's interesting. My parents were, were like the authentic real deal of hippies. Now, it, a lot of people, when you tell them that, see, I live in California now where when you tell somebody that, like, wow, that must've been awesome. Um, <laughs> and, and it, it's awesome, except for if you were one of the kids, you know. Um, and as a result of that, you know, that the, there was there was a lot of mixed experience that ha- that happened. The and one of the things that that happened was I wound up, you know, they were they were they were pretty broke, poor, and I wound up, you know, kind of moving around a lot. And most of the neighborhoods that I, I wound up in were multicultural and definitely socioeconomically challenged. Um, you know, my, yeah, I wound up with a multiracial family. I, my brother is, you know, you say half black, half white, but if you were a black person, you know, the, the brothers always tell me, man, you ain't, you ain't half and half. You black, you black, bro. You black, you know? <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, so um, I grew up with one of the things that really helped to do for me because I spent a lot of time when I was young growing up in Arkansas before I really was, you know, before I was really enmeshed, you know, um, in, into a, a multicultural, you know, environment. And what it helped me to do was it, it really helped me to make sure that I wasn't an insecure, uptight redneck. Um, 
because that is probably, you know, narrow-minded. I probably would have wound up that way, you know, even if in, in, in my heart I'm like, you know, something's just not right here, you know, uh, um, I would have wound up that way. But I grew up, you know, I mean, there were times when, you know, we didn't know our next meal was going to come from, and, you know, I, I don't feel sorry for myself. I mean, it's just the truth. It's just the way it was. You know, I, I grew up, you know, we, we were standing out, you know, it's raining, and, and there are dudes like, you know, cat calling at my mom and, and, you know, saying, hey, baby, you know, and, and, you know, we're standing there waiting in line for cheese and <laughs> we got a cardboard box, you know, uh, I mean, we're living in hotels sometimes and weird stuff, you know, I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, it, what it, it did a couple things for me. First of all, it, it made sure that I wasn't polarized. I think the key word here is polarization. Polarization is Democrats versus Republicans, us versus them, you versus us. It's, it's a division of people on this side and that side where there is a they and there is an us, right? That's what polarization is. Polarization is the greatest enemy to mankind that there ever was because it means that our way of view is better than yours, and it helped me to not be polarized. It helped me to look at all people as people. Um, you know, of course, my, my, my little brother was, was half, you know, he's biracial, half black and half white. And I loved him. And, you know, I say I loved him because, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the little bastard in a couple of years, but, <laughs> but, you know, no, but we grew up together, you know, very close, you know, and, uh, watching each other's back and stuff like that. And there's a lot of things that helped, but really the biggest thing was just being, you know, I just became pliable and flexible and thrown into all these different situations. And a lot of things became not a big deal to me that they would, that other people would be like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? You know, and I think that, you know, it helps you to not be a victim also. Um, so you don't, you're not polarized. In other words, you don't, you don't, there's nobody is better than anybody. We're all people. We're all in it together. You know, that's, that's the, growing up the way I grew up is kind of, that's what it does for you. And, and I think that's a huge benefit to not have prejudices and not be polarized to think in, you know, in, in small linear ways. And, and, and those also lend to a small neural network. You know, when you're, when your neural network is really small, fires in a small circle, that's because you have a lot of beliefs and a lot of beliefs are, you know, that lead to judgments, right? About what is right and what is bad, what's good and, you know, what's not, Right. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling on, but that, no, that no. was a little bit about my background there. So No, that, that's the key thing that I wanted you to highlight, the fact that you know it sort of opened your mind and you were able to move away from towards polarization. You know, Everybody has some sort of bias, but the way that you, you grew up sort of allowed you to tap into a curiosity that you apply it to your business, to your everyday life, and, and you don't approach a problem with just one linear way of thinking. You sort of look at it. From a macro and then and a micro level simultaneously, and then you get to see all sides uh, involved. So I, that that's all I wanted you to talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I'm glad, glad I could cover that, that a lot more. <laughs> well, well, uh, we're wrapping up here. But the last question I always ask my guest um, is uh, is my mission statement. I, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So my question to you, Chris, is how do you use your difference to make a difference? You know, it really it really all is summed up. In, in one word, and that is empowerment. Uh, the, the thing that, you know, although actually now I would almost say that the more powerful word is awareness. Um, mm, it, mm. You know, so it's, it's interesting because sometimes awareness 
or maybe all the time, you know, it, it, who knows, who knows what the real answers to the universe are, right? But awareness can trump empowerment because if you become self-aware, then that leads to empowerment because you see all the ways that you disempower yourself, right? But it's empowerment. It's empowering people to believe in themselves, to realize that they are deserving and worthy. Um, you know, now that I'm, I'm coaching, you know, the, the, the shifting to coaching entrepreneurs and CEOs, it's really been more about awareness. But for the most of my life, it's been about empowerment. My own empowerment, empower people to believe in themselves. The deserving and worthiness aspect, I think, is, is just so many people. You know, uh, uh, just have those subconscious deserving and worthiness issues where they subconsciously don't believe it. And that's why you can see somebody, you know, especially like an artist, you know, rise up and then, you know, just just shoot back down. It's because they 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 ding past their own desert, their subconscious deserving and worthiness level, and they they you know they sabotage themselves to to go go back down to that comfort zone, right? Yeah. So you know so. I would say empowerment because that covers a lot of different areas. And, you know, the more empowered people feel, the, the better the world feels because an empowered person doesn't feel that they, they have to hurt anybody or steal anything or, or run over anybody or manipulate anything. And an empowered person, uh, you know, will do things that help all the people around them. Whereas a disempowered person, well, that's a person that's going to try to take over a country or hurt people or, or steal or, or, or lie or manipulate in the government. Um, you know, so empowerment is, is, is very important. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm using this difference to make a difference by empowering a whole generation of people. Where can people find out more about you, Chris, and um, your book? Well, you can, um, you can go to my website, ChristopherPinkley.com. By the way, there is... The Soham Mantra Meditation on there, step-by-step -step guide, it's on the, on the blog there. A lot of things are changing right now. I'm in the process of just basically building an entirely new business model. So it's kind of an awkward time period when it comes to referencing me. I just took down a blog where I had probably over 400 entries a while back because I, I wanted everything rewritten. and I'm not going to rewrite 400 entries, but you know, I just want, I'm revamping everything. So if, they, if people want to find my books, it's best just to go to Amazon dot com and type in Christopher Pinkley. I find that people type in Chris Pinkley. It's weird that some of my books don't come up. It's just, just bizarre. Mm. Uh, it, I, I can't even figure out what they do. I got to talk to Jeff Bezos. I got to call him and complain. But, but you know the dude. He's a nice guy. But you know anyway. So um, but you know, go to Amazon and, and uh, type in Christopher Pinkley. Uh, that's P I N C K L E Y. And, or you can just go to my website at ChristopherPinkley.com and, and you'll find out. You can get on that. I think the thing to do right now for people that are really interested is just to, to enter your name into the email newsletter box, and then you're gonna you're gonna be in the loop with everything that I've got going on, and everything that's coming up, and all the changes as well. Absolutely, and I'm gonna put all this in the show notes, so um, I'll definitely let them know where they can get all the book and all that. And uh, thank you, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the show. It's been a lovely conversation. And I've enjoyed getting to know you, getting to know your business, and getting to know why you do what you do. So uh, truly an honor. My friend, the pleasure is mine. And I appreciate coming on your show. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in the Elm Magazine. One day, man. One day. You know, you know, she's my – her and Nelson Mandela, those are my two biggest role models. So one day, hopefully, I get to see that. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, I don't doubt it, my friend. I don't doubt it one bit. All right. All right. Well, hey. 
Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.